This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Chicago's one step closer to getting a new police superintendent. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. After months of gathering community input and reviewing dozens of applications, the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability announced the three finalists that it's recommending to Mayor Brandon Johnson. The candidates include two CPD veterans, Angel Novalis and Larry Snelling, and one outsider with a Chicago connection, Sean Barnes, the police chief in Madison, Wisconsin. Here to tell tell us more about them is Anthony Driver, president of the commission tasked with making sure that the community's voice was front and center during this search. Welcome back, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Ramel Terry is here. She's one of the commissioners of the group. Hey, Ramel, welcome back. Thank you. So from more than 50 applicants to six potentials, Anthony, now we've got three finalists. I want to learn a bit more about them. And and let's start then with Larry Snelling, who's CPD's chief of counterterrorism. What should we know about who he is and and his work experience? Yeah, he has uh, over 20 years, I believe 28 years of experience uh, with the Chicago Police Department. Uh, He's born and raised in Inglewood. former commander of the Inglewood district and now chief of uh, chief of counterterrorism. So um, I, I would just I guess I'll just say he's a, a, a stellar applicant. He's uh, someone who is homegrown and someone who knows our city and uh, is ready to, to hit the ground running day one if selected. Yeah. How about uh, Angel Novales? That's CPD's chief of constitutional policing and reform. What is it about Novales' experience and, and background that makes him a top pick for the next yeah. superintendent. So our our city's under a consent decree. Um and yeah. in the past couple of years he he has a vast knowledge of the consent decree and, and the implementation process and has been working towards getting our department uh up into full compliance. Uh he is also a twenty plus year, twenty three year veteran of uh of the Chicago Police Department. He has lived experience uh, in our communities. Uh he's actually been injured or, or, or shot on the job so he has a unique perspective uh of what it's like to actually put your life on the line. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and very, very qualified and stellar candidate as well. Yeah. In the past, he oversaw the expansion of the, the CPD civil rights unit and, and uh, neighborhood policing programs as well. Correct. He has a, a, a ton of community policing experience, a ton of uh, ton of experience in the neighborhoods and, and working alongside community in partnership. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin, police chief Sean Barnes is in here, too. I'm curious about Barnes because my first thought was Mayor Johnson's expressed several times he wants the new superintendent to be someone from inside the department. So I'd love to hear from you both on this and how Madison Police Chief Barnes fits into the equation here. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if Mayor Johnson said that, but I do know uh, Candidate Johnson did say that. Um, 
Uh, Mayor Johnson actually, I, I don't think, has actually expressed a preference since he has uh, actually been sworn in. Um, but but Chief Barnes is a, a stellar candidate. He has a Ph.D. His dissertation was in something like, I think, racial bias in policing. Um, his, he's no stranger to our city. He worked at COPA. His wife is a, a dean at DePaul. Yeah. Uh, so he frequents the city um, and, and is one of the most, you know, well-read, well-educated and uh, well-studied pers- people I've, I've ever met in my life. Your thoughts, Ramel, on, on Chief Barnes in this top three here? Yeah, I would definitely echo those sentiments. He's no stranger to Chicago. He's just not someone who came up through the ranks of CPD. So I'd like to make that clarification. And as uh, President Driver mentioned, in this process of us leading this search, we were thoroughly impressed with what uh, Chief Barnes um, had to say about so many of the things that we inquired about as he's knowledgeable um on all the subjects from constitutional policing to the consent decree. You know, he even has experience in being a negotiator. So that those are very important qualities that are necessary to this department in helping to move it forward. And Ramel, your, your commission held multiple town hall meetings uh, trying to get feedback from the community. Uh, last time that we, we talked, those town halls, they were just kicking off. So I'm, I'm curious, what did you hear from residents throughout the process? What were people saying? Um, They shared sentiments of wanting to feel respected, you know, wanting to have equity when we have this conversation regarding public safety, wanting their neighborhoods to feel as safe as people who may live in Lincoln Park and things of that nature. We always hear the South Side and West Sides, you know, um, are at a disadvantage. And so they really wanted to be heard. Mm -hmm. And they were really just excited for the opportunity to share what they thought the next superintendent should look like. And, of course, we did hear specifics about individuals that they would like to see in that position. And as we know, one of them was Chief Larry Snelling. Mm. Yeah, I understand you also spoke, uh, Anthony, with past and present uh, police personnel, right? What did you hear from them? Um, You know, we we spoke with a number. We spoke with, I think, uh, 35 uh, subject matter experts and 65 groups representing different sectors of the city. Um, but, But from... Police personnel specifically, they wanted somebody who had their backs. They wanted somebody who was a good communicator, who can both communicate well to them and on behalf of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought up a lot of the scheduling issues, how some of them have gone work months on end uh, without having a weekend off um, and, and the stress that that puts on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they talked about the need for mental health resources. But what I found most uh, shocking was that while they will openly acknowledge that they need more mental health resources and that needs to be you know, sort of destigmatized, um, we could also start by, you know, the superintendent respecting them and the work that they do every day. Um, and that was what I found to be, you know, to be most shocking, just very, very basic level of respect, stability, being able to schedule your lives. So you just outlined for us, Ramel, just the, the passion with which folks were, were speaking up about what they want in this <clears throat> next leader. How has the commission taken community input into account? Well, as we shared yesterday during our public meeting, in every facet of what we did during throughout this process is community involved, like from us reviewing the applications and the qualifications, all the materials from the rubric that we used, even the questions that we leveraged for the interviews all came from what we were hearing from community, which is also inclusive of officers. So I don't want to separate the two. And all of this information is available publicly on our website to show all the conversations that we've had, all of the subject matter experts, all of the questions that we received, the survey responses. Mm -hmm. So people can see right there what they stated to us was directly implemented into this process. Transparency. Yes.
Very important. Very important. Because th- this is the first time Chicago residents have been so involved in this process, right? I- I'm curious if you feel like you're you're getting a sense that that process helped to build trust between communities and police at all. Did did it move the needle? You think? Um, I, I think so. Uh, in my in my opinion, um, what folks started to realize who came out to that community forum to the the community forums is that we all we all similarly want the same thing. A very shocking thing to me was that. We heard a lot from residents about traffic stops and what they call contact cards and, and uh, bias uh, or pretextual stops. And then when we talked to the, the the police at the lodge, without any prompting, they were like, we're really tired of these, yeah. <laughs> of having to do these. And, and, <laughs> and like when, when we said that to residents, we we're like, you know, you all are saying the exact the exact same, same thing. Same thing. Uh, so I do think it helped bridge the gap, but we got a long way to go. Which is crazy because it's like if we're so much on the same page, why did we need all this, right? Why, why weren't we so much closer to, you know, getting the results that we were all looking for earlier? I think because um, this is the first that a commission of its kind has ever existed, right? So great job to all of those who put in the work to make this happen. And um, we are fortunate enough to carry the torch to show what in true independence actually looks like and a community-involved process at the forefront looks like. So I think with that is how we've been able to achieve what we have so far, and we look forward to continuing it as long as we're in these positions. Yeah. But we really wanted to make sure that we establish a solid foundation, you know, so that whoever comes behind us know that this is just a floor. So. What's been the most difficult part of this process? I'm curious. I, I want to hear from both of you. You first, Ramel. I would say the most difficult part um, has been probably time, you know, balancing it all, because the reality of I this... I mean, it's, you've had a lot of meetings. <laughs> yes. We've met a lot. We've spoken to a lot of people. We've been all across the city, you know, um, reviewing 54 applications like we legit reviewed each and every application like we didn't leave it to someone else to do so I would just say time has been the you know most difficult piece of this but it still has been very rewarding yeah um we would definitely do it again in a heartbeat if we had to because we find this to be very important you nodded Anthony when she said time anything else come to mind as as far as challenges yeah for me um it's the hyperpolarization, right? It's it's sitting in that seat, and you're in one part of the city, and and you know some you, you you're talking to uh, widows of, of officers who have lost their lives, and then you're in different parts of the city, and you're talking to people who have been abused by the police, and and so just taking all of that in and, and trying to do do right by the public, but it's it's an emotional thing, mm-hmm. um, and and so for me that was probably the hardest thing is just coming home every night and trying to decompress after taking in. <laughs> Uh, what what was sometimes a lot of negativity, but I realized it was just folks who wanted to have an outlet um, and making sure that the next day I'm ready to do that again for a completely new person who's never met me. Yeah, um, that was that was pretty difficult. Yeah, that's that's very very um, very tough. That so the commission now has chosen its three finalists. What are the next steps? Is your job finished? No. Well, we our our commission has a number of different uh, a number of different jurisdiction and oversight authority, but in regards to the superintendent search. Uh, Mayor Johnson makes a selection. If he chooses to make a selection out of the three, it comes back before us for a public hearing. Then it goes to the Public Safety Committee and City Council for an up or down vote and then to the full council. And even then, it's still not done. Mm-hmm. Uh, once that person is confirmed as the superintendent, we are mandated by law to have four uh, four forms introducing that person to the public, one on the south, one on the west, one on the north side. Wow. 
you know, Ramel, Anthony made the distinction earlier between candidate Johnson and Mayor Johnson. Your take on what Mayor Johnson wants in our next superintendent. What have you gathered so far? I've gathered that the mayor wants what's best for the city. And what I appreciate most is that the mayor entrusted us and respected our process to allow us to do the work that we've been appointed to do. And we believe that he will be pleased with the three nominees that are before him. And we look forward to hearing what decision comes out of it. Any sense of which direction the mayor will go in? Uh, uh, no, I, I don't know. We we plan on talking to him in, in the next couple of days. So I was hopefully hoping we'll, for hopefully, a reset. Hopefully exclusive. we'll have a better better idea. <laughs> no, we really we really don't. We really haven't been communicating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> real thing. What would a, a second search for a superintendent entail? Like wh- when would the deadline be? Uh, so anytime there's a vacant, it's 120 days by law. I see. Um, so if he he has to notify us in writing of the reasoning, um, and then that starts our clock once he notifies us 120 days to to get him another list of three. What do you think the next police superintendent will be wrestling with first of all the things that are on that person's plate when they enter the job? Like what's priority number one? I think there are many things like in the interviews, we asked questions about crime reduction strategies, right? We talked about consent decree compliance. We talked about um, or we inquired about officer wellness. We also inquired about community policing and what those sort of models look like. So I don't think it's just going to be a one sort of issue. Mm -hmm. It's going to be multiple things. But what will be most important is the build out of that leadership team to help the superintendent move forward all of the goals and strategies and the vision that he will have. Yeah. Well, before I let you both go, what's next for the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability, Anthony? Yeah, we'll we'll wrap up our process with this superintendent search, and we're also looking at a number of different policy fixes, one of them being an associations order, which is uh, meant to root out extremists in the, uh, in, within the ranks of the Chicago Police Department. So that'll be our very next thing. Um, and then we'll go into our, our budget season and then goal setting and evaluation. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. It's nonstop for y'all. <laughs> nonstop. Yeah. Anthony Driver is the president of the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability. Ramel Terry is a commissioner of the group. Thank you both so much. Thank, Thank you. you. This episode of Reset was produced by Micah Yason, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Stephanie Kim. Keep up with this story and more by making sure that you're subscribed to our podcast. We share episodes every morning and afternoon, Monday through Friday, with a bonus episode on Saturdays. That'll do it for this morning. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Talk to you again this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.